This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby returns from vacation tomorrow. It is the largest refugee crisis in Europe since World War II. As of earlier today, some 2.7 million people have fled Ukraine since Putin's forces began their attack two and a half weeks ago. About 7 million people within Ukraine are displaced. Zoomer media friend Majid Al-Shafi of One Free World International is in Ukraine right now east of Lviv, having started his journey in Poland, where most of the refugees have arrived. I spoke with Majid earlier this morning and asked him about his journey so far. First of all, we landed in Poland, and we immediately went to the shelters there. We went to the border to see the situation. And uh, the the border in in Poland, uh, just alone in Poland, is around 100,000 refugees per day. Uh, In total, we passed uh, two million and a half refugees in just uh, in a matter of two weeks. Uh, uh, Many of them will cross by foot, uh, around 60% of them we crossed by foot because the cars will not work anymore or there is a huge lineup. And if some of them will walk for 10 miles until reaching uh, Poland. And just two weeks ago, uh, 10 days ago, uh, around uh, six Ukrainian died from cold. Uh, now it's getting warmer, so thank God for that. But uh, the city is just dire situation. When they come in, they have to go to the shelters. They have to go to refugee camps or welcome centers. And uh, and they simply have to start their life from the beginning. The look on the face is somebody lost, lost everything. They lost their history, their country. They left their loved ones. I I, I found a little girl who was saying goodbye to her father. He was taking her and the mother to the border, but he had to return back to fight for his country. Right, and that really broke my heart. Um, you know, I mentioned to you, my husband's family is Ukrainian. We have family there. And his cousin, his male cousin, actually rode his bike 30 kilometers uh, to the Poland-Ukraine border while his wife and kids walked. Uh, and he had the suitcases on his bike. And that was faster than waiting in that massive lineup in the first couple of days. Um, I can just imagine the heartbreak you're seeing as people are saying goodbye to each other, not knowing when or worst case scenario, if they'll see each other again. That's correct. And, and it's happening over and over and over. And it, it's, uh, I believe that the situation will get worse before it will get better, simply because Russia now start to widen their attacks, uh, start to reach to more uh, civilian areas, to more cities, even start to target uh, schools and hostels, maternity hostels where life supposed to start, not to end. You are just east of Lviv today. Are you hearing the air raid sounds? Are you hearing any explosions, shelling, gunfire, anything like that? Yes, absolutely. We've been through at least five so far. 
uh, around 4 a.m., 6 a.m., uh, explosions, uh, sirens, we have to run to the basement, we have to run to underground shelters. Uh, one of the, uh, one of the days I decide that I won't spend the night with a, in a shelter, the refugees. And I wanted to see what they're seeing. I wanted to feel what they're fee- feeling. I want to taste what they're eating. I wanted to feel the cold floor beneath me and the very uncomfortable mattress. And it's not that I was a refugee myself. I was a refugee from back home in Egypt, and I know what this feels. But I was just thirsty to see at least glimpses of humanity in the middle of that. And, and quite honestly, it even broke my heart even further. I had an opportunity to stay in a hotel, and I refused. I just needed to stay with the refugees and to see what they are feeling. And, and what are they feeling? What did you experience when you slept overnight? Um sharing a space with them? What kinds of feelings the same, are they expressing? It's the same look of loss, of fear. And of course, every time the silence goes off, every time we hear explosions, you wonder if you are the next. Uh, and and wake up in the middle of the night at 4 a.m., you know, just running to a shelter because you don't know if this missile will hit you or not. No civilians now. It's not a matter of military target anymore. It can be civilians anywhere, any, anyhow. So uh, to, to see the fear, and but in the middle of all of this, while we were in a shelter, there was two kids playing together, brother, brother, and sister. And the brother made a blanket for his sister. And his sister would stand up on the blanket and he would just walk with the blanket and, and try to play with her. And she would laugh so loud. And here this kids, the future of Ukraine, really, and the future of humanity. And it just, even in the middle of darkness, even in the worst wars, you can see the best of mankind and you can see the worst of mankind. And this was just a glimpse of hope and happiness. Where are you off to next? Next, uh, well, I would like to go see the military hospitals and the wounded soldiers. I think it's extremely important to see the pain. Many of us in the West believe that military people or soldiers just war machines, they're not. Their fathers, their sons, their uh, uh, uncles, their, you know, their, their, their brothers. So I would like to see the, the, the military hospitals. I would like to encourage the soldiers, but also to see what medical supplies that the hospital needs so we can provide it to them as one free world international, as a human rights organization. So you are there to hear the stories, to talk to the people, to report back to us here in Toronto and elsewhere around the world. Uh, what is the other mission when you when you mentioned One Free World International? What is the mission of your organization by having you there? Humanitarian aid. So basically, we were able to deliver at least three locations, one in Poland and two in Ukraine, humanitarian aid. So from diapers to powder milk, to uh, uh, bottles of water, mattresses to sleep on, uh, batteries for energy, uh, um, cans, like uh, food cans, uh, all of the above. So we've been able to deliver all of the humanitarian aid to the, to the most in need. 
When you're talking to people there, and uh, presumably you have a translator with you, when you're talking to people, um, what what are they feeling? What are they sensing is the immediate future and the long-term future for Ukraine? Do they feel that Putin is in this for the long haul? Uh, what are the expectations? We are in fear. And quite honestly, the most that comes out of them immediately, besides that they are in a shock, they never thought that really Russia would go ahead with the threat, even though it was all the intelligence report that was presented months and months ago. But they were, they, the most that came out of them was how much they are disappointed from the West of leaving them behind, uh, how much they felt that uh, there, is, uh, 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 there is lack of, of cooperation. Yes, tensions is important, but the effect of the sanctions will be in the long, in the long run. Uh, sanctions is something that they, they appreciate, but it's not making any effect, at least not on the military uh, side. They are disappointed from, from the, the need to rejection for no-fly zone over Ukraine. They believe that they can win this war, but they cannot do it without controlling the air. So I believe that they feel that they're left behind and they wanted the West to do more. They want the West to do more. Um, in terms of the strategy of the Russian forces, I mean, we can see from the map where they've started, how they're infiltrating from the north, the northeast, and from the east. Um, in terms of your experience, how long do you feel it will be? Is it inevitable that Russia will begin to take over uh, the Kyivs and the Odessas uh, before moving even farther west? The, 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 Russia, the Russian strategy is not something we don't know mm-hmm. and we didn't witness before. So the Russian strategy, the minute that they lose, they fight in a very coward way. They don't fight one-on-one. They fight from the air from far away. So, and when they don't win, so Kiev is not falling. And really the Ukrainian soldiers and people proven that they can defend their city and they can fight, uh, 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 even with a very limited weaponry. Uh, so, and that's disappointing Putin and his government. And as, as any tyrants will do, and we saw this Russian did the same thing in Syria. Mm-hmm. And Chishian, when they will level the city, you know, before they send the troops, they would just bombard everywhere from hostels to civilian areas to military areas. Uh, and we see them doing this here because they are not succeeding and it's not going according to their plan. They was hoping that this would be just two, three days thing and here could fall. When they didn't succeed, now they become more and more aggressive and more and more lying about many, many facts. Majid, are you scared for your life? Uh, I, I would tell you what I'm scared of. I'm scared of waking up in the morning not doing my duty as a human being. I'm not scared to die. I'm scared to live a life that is empty from any meaning from helping others. I love what I do, and I will live and I will die for what I do. And as a former refugee, and knowing what these people are going through, what will they experience in terms of after effects from all of this? The, 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 the um, PTSD is something, and the mental health, especially for the kids. Uh, uh, you know, I watch the kids with the siren sound, uh, and I watch them how they are in horror, and they will run to their mom, and they will hug each other, and they will run to the shelter. There will be a long mental 
uh, effect on the, especially the kids, never mind the adults, but especially the kids uh, 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 will suffer a great deal if we don't act quickly to protect them. And that's why part of our humanitarian mission was toys, simply to bring toys to the kids so they can play, so they can enjoy their time, they can, they can just forget. And, and I give this white teddy bear to one of the girls, mm-hmm. and you have no idea. It's like you give her a pellet or something. <laughs> you know, she just played with this white rabbit uh-huh. all over the night. It just She's so happy with that. So it's very important that we care about the children and the future of Ukraine. And you've seen this behavior in Afghanistan, common behavior among children, how they react in situations like this. Absolutely, because kids is the most pure souls. Uh, the most innocent souls. So they are the same. If, they, if you are black, white, or brown, if you are Afghanis or Ukrainian or whatever refugee you are, kids will always be kids. They will be always the angels of God on earth. Majid, thank you so much for your time. Please stay safe, and we'll continue to be in touch with you here at Zoomer Radio and Zoomer Media. Thank you for having me. Majid Al-Shafi of One Free World International, my conversation with him earlier today. Majid is also part of a special program on Putin's war against Ukraine tonight on the Zoomer TV on our sister station, Vision TV. Still to come here on Fight Back, Jane for Libby, Zelensky's leadership and Putin's escalating aggression. That's next. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.